personally and professionally, I have always felt that camp life is best life. Fortunately, in the field of child life, participation in camps for children and families of all medical abilities has become standard practice. But is camp life best for you or your child? Welcome to Wondercast, a community collaborative podcast supporting families navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Wondercast is brought to you by the generous sponsorship of Texas Oncology. Texas Oncology, more breakthroughs, more victories, experts in cancer care. Spring is here, which means it is time to start looking towards your plans for summer. Today, I am joined by Wonders and Worries, Child Life Specialist and Camp Advocates, Kim Fryer and Ashley Burns. In this episode, we discuss all things camp to hopefully help you decide if camp life is in fact best life for your family. Hello, everyone. It's so exciting to be here today. I am Kim Fryer. I have been a Child Life Specialist for 30 years. Hi, thank you for having me, Julie. My name is Ashley Burns, and I have been a child life specialist for eight years now. I'm so thankful that you both agreed to be my podcast guest today. I think a great place to start might be with each of you taking a quick moment to share about your background and experiences with camp. So I attended camp for four years as a child. I went to a church camp, and then I went to horse camp, which I absolutely loved. And then when I worked as a child life specialist in the children's hospital, I found every opportunity to get involved with camps with children with various illnesses. So I attended a camp with children with spina bifida for one year and then a camp for children with cancer for six years. That was just a total joy. And then at Wonders and Worries, we have collaborated with Camp Kesem for a number of years. And so I was involved and got to go out to Camp Kesem and we were more I guess, more involved for about four years where we were sending some of our staff to camp. And so I was involved with Camp Kesem for several years and then lots of different family camps and weekend camps and just really get excited about talking about camp. Ashley, lots of experience with camp. I was a previous camp counselor for the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas and I was a counselor for a camp for kids with epilepsy. And that was called Camp Spike and Wave. And I did that for almost 10 years. And then I also worked at Camp for All, which is a camp right outside of Houston, Texas for children and adults with disabilities and illnesses. And I worked there for about two years. And that was fun to see all the different varieties of camps that is out there and to be able to learn and grow and enjoy the camp life. We know that so many families in the spring kind of start looking towards their summers and saying, what does that look like for our family? If they are a Wonders and Worries family, it might be very difficult and even grief-inducing to think about planning for your summer and knowing that there are limitations to what you're able to do this year. And we're here today just to talk about some options that we have in the medical community and some things that have worked for other families, but also just the value that camp can be for your family or cannot be for your family. We'll kind of touch on that duality a little bit today. 
and look at the best way to hopefully help guide our families to finding support they need. So Ashley, I'm going to start with you. What would you say is your favorite part of camp and the benefits that you see? I feel like there's, I could list a million benefits of camp and just the greatness that you see in children. If, for example, if it's a kid who has a disability or an illness themselves, it's wonderful for them to connect with other kids that also have that disability and illness and kind of gain that confidence and strength. And the same goes for children who do not have a disability or illness, but have a parent that's sick. They're able to really collaborate and, um, and just kind of gain that relationship that they're not alone and there's other kids out there that are going through the same exact thing thing as them. Camp helps a lot in the sense that I feel like it does wonderful things of teaching life skills. Like a lot of times throughout camp they do team activities and learn how to collaborate with each other. Ashley, I'll just add to that commonality. What I love about the camp environment is that it doesn't have to be focused on directly. And for many children, and certainly, you know, at a lot of times throughout their day, they don't want to focus directly on, Mm -hmm. oh, we both have a parent with cancer or, you know, an ill parent, but, but they know that that's a connection. And so that's just a wonderful thing where they get to fully be children, but also fully feel a connection with those who can understand. And then if they do want to talk about it or share stories, they can, and they can do that in little bite-sized chunks. And that often works really well for children. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that one of, I mean, there's so many benefits, but when I think about camp, I think about getting messy, being silly, all the camp songs, the camaraderie. It's like your cabin comes together you get to kind of break the rules within a framework. You know, you get to go and play little pranks and you don't have to be clean or, you know, I mean, there's chores. So somewhat maybe you have to do cabin cleanup, but it's just that silliness, that messiness that, you know, we just, the outdoors and then just access to all different types of things that they may not have access to normally, different types of games and equipment and maybe animals. And so it's just kind of a magical place that gives you a break from the stressors of day-to-day life that gives children a break and allows them to fully be children. And the other thing that really comes to mind and this happened for me as a child, but I see it with children that like maybe I've worked with through Wonders and Worries, and then they go to Camp Kesem or children that I've just known. Children can reinvent themselves at camp. They can show up at camp and not be that child that their peers see or that kind of has, you know, they've kind of been categorized in a certain way. And one of the things I forgot to say in my introduction is my name is actually Carrot Top. <laughs> that is my camp name. It's and my favorite. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And so like at Camp Kesem, all children choose a name. They choose their Camp Kesem name and they can change it over time because, you know, maybe they were, I don't know, um, a power, not Power Rangers. Those are way out of date. Who's somebody? Maybe they were Black <laughs> Panther. One year, and then, you know, they're now 15 and they want to be somebody else, but, but they don't go by their name. So they can really just reinvent themselves and try new things and step outside of kind of that typical box that they may have found themselves in. It's such a fun, fun thing. I love camp because when you live in a medical home or with somebody in your family that's medically fragile, you are very regimented on 
either if you are the ill child, when you take your medication, how you take your medication, what your restrictions are. If you have an ill parent or caregiver, it's, you know, mom needs to have a rest after we do this. Or, you know, we can't go on a hike this long because it is too much for her body or his body. And it's just, it's comforting to know that kids have this opportunity to step out of those roles and rules that they have as somebody living with chronic illness in their family and be able to have play infused in ways that give them control and empowerment and autonomy and those big goals that we want for all of our kids and camp can provide that in a way that it feels effortless it doesn't feel like it's it's intentional without having to seem like it's being forced i think one of the things too kim that you were saying made me have some fun memories is whenever you go there, you feel safe and you feel like you can share any emotion and any feeling and you can tell whoever you want about things that are going on at home or your personal life and you learn and grow so much. And so even though it's maybe only five days of a camp or seven days, you know, the whole week, you come out a completely new person because you have built that confidence and that strength and let out all of your stressors throughout the week and have fun. And you gain such great relationships that a lot of the times you keep in touch with those kids or the counselors that you've connected with for sometimes the rest of your life, which is phenomenal. I will say, as a parent, I acknowledge sending your child to camp during regular circumstances can be anxiety inducing, specifically if your kid maybe has never spent that long away from you, or if you have maybe been living a very protected life right now since the pandemic with masking and and social distancing because of your health needs it's scary and we we validate and acknowledge that it is very overwhelming to think about sending a child somewhere where you've never been if they maybe are facing a chronic illness or undergoing treatment it's hard because you live a very controlled regimented life of taking care of their needs so it's about putting that trust into somebody that you really may not know very well to take care of your most precious person. We recognize that. And so we would love to kind of touch on what the camp experience looks like. And from that standpoint, and also how to prepare yourself and your children for that camp experience. Kim, I'll let you kind of start with that. Yes. So as I was thinking about this, there's so many different factors and you know pieces of the puzzle in terms of is it the right time for your child to attend a camp is it the right camp and so the way that i think about it is to just start with yourself as a parent and thinking about how are you feeling and thinking about your child attending camp and and even thinking about it could be the opposite where you know that you need to have your children, you know, occupied during the summer. So you may be like, I'm trying to plan activities for my child throughout the summer. And I think camp would be really beneficial, you know, for me as a parent, but my child is saying they don't want to go to camp. And so it's really kind of breaking down who is really into camp and excited about it. Who's kind of feeling like, oh, I'm not sure. Where I would start is just having those conversations, you know, first at the adult level with all of the caregivers involved in your child's life and creating some choices that are valid choices for your family, doing some investigation around different camps and talking with 
people who have had children attend those camps, talking with the camp people themselves, and gaining a comfort level. And then when you have a comfort level of, I think I might be comfortable with my child attending these camps, then offering those choices to your children and giving them valid choices. Maybe it's you know that your child needs to be occupied for this week of the summer because you have something going on and camp is one option, but maybe there's another option. Maybe there's a relative they could stay with. And so thinking about it logistically that way. And then when, when your child is preparing to go to camp and you're preparing for your child to go to camp, you know, be sure that you've practiced some things, that your child's practiced some things. Um, having a sleepover somewhere is a really helpful starting point where your child has that sense of, oh, I can sleep somewhere else outside of my home and outside of my bed. You know, having them go to a day camp where they're not spending the night, but they're gone all day. You know, so just practicing, so to speak, um, before it's, you know, they've been at home fully their whole childhood, and now they're going away for a five-night sleepaway camp. Ashley, I'll let you add, and then I'll probably have some other thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I think would be a great idea, depending on some kiddos or teens, is to um, show them pictures online and to say, like, here's where the camp's going to be. Here's what it looks like. A lot of camps have Instagram pages and Facebook pages and sometimes YouTube videos that you can look at that yourself and show them like, oh, here's the ropes course and here's the pool that you get to go to. Let's see what the cafeteria looks like. I know on a lot of the camp's websites, you can also Google it on there as well. And sometimes, uh, for example, like Camp for All, they'll post pictures of some of the food that they serve. So the kids and teens and adults can see that and just kind of be more comfortable with it too. I also know a lot of camps will usually give a tour sometimes. So let's say that you as a parent are there and you're a little bit nervous and scared. You can certainly ask and see if you can get a tour of the facility to kind of help lower your anxiety because it is a lot. You're sending your child or your teen off to a place for a week and that can be extremely nerve wracking, but rewarding at the same time. And one other thing I wanted to mention, I do think it is really important that we talk about the fact that camp isn't all fun and that it's a big adjustment because, you know, children are in an unfamiliar place with unfamiliar routines and they don't have the normal foods that they eat and the normal bed that they sleep in. And, you know, they're dealing with lots of people. They get really tired because it's hard to sleep and they're on the go all the time. So they might be irritable or their cabin mates might be irritable. And so I think it is really important to, to prepare children for that, that it's normal to have times at camp where it, maybe it doesn't feel so fun. Maybe you are irritated or somebody else is. Because if we don't talk about that, then if children are at camp and they're like, everyone talked about how it was going to be such a blast and I'm not really having any fun. I don't really like this activity or this food doesn't taste good or I haven't found that like best friend. I think it's really important to to normalize that for children and let them know that there will be tough times at camp, just like there are tough times every day in life. And that's okay. That's normal. When I was a camper, I was extremely nervous about going. The first time that I ever went to camp was when I was, I believe, seven years old. 
And so my mom wrote me a letter that they would pass to me every single day. And she had a little box of like Reese's or bubbles or fun things. And I'll never forget that. That helped relieve my anxiety so much. And so usually for parents, I'll recommend that they have a little goodie bag they give to the counselors. And maybe during the day, if there's like a mail time or a time where you take a nap or have a break, they can open it up and have a letter from mom or dad or grandma or their siblings to look at. One of the things that I think is important to touch on as well is that for our medical camps, if it is a camp that your child is at that has medical needs, there are medical staff there the entire time. That camp is staffed by doctors and nurses and child life specialists, and they have a medical cabin that's specifically with high needs, medical needs. They can give insulin. They can, if it's a diabetic camp, they can drop a tube if they need to drop a tube. They're a doctor that are used to serving in the hospital communities with whatever population this camp is representing. I was also thinking about that communication piece. And I think that's really important to just understand what communication might look like and prepare yourself as a parent and prepare your child. Because most camps don't allow, and and for good reason, it really is very beneficial for children and teens to not have access to a cell phone or a way that they can reach out and call their parent during the week. That really changes the whole dynamic in a very positive way for children to just truly be able to immerse themselves at camp. But to just understand what is kind of the communication routine. And like Ashley said, can you send letters ahead of time? Can your child send a letter to you? Is there a point person, which there always is, somebody on the team that you can communicate with if there's some kind of an emergency or you need to get in touch with your child or your child has an emergency and they need to get in touch with you. So just preparing for that and having a plan. And I always encourage our families who are dealing with illness to have that kind of safety plan or emergency plan and to talk about before camp, if something big were to happen while you're at camp, how would you like to know and kind of understanding what the options are. But let's say you, if you're the parent with the illness, end up in the hospital or need an unexpected surgery or or something happens. Does your child want to know while at camp and have the option to come home if that is an option? Or would they prefer to find out any news like that at the end of camp? So just having those conversations ahead of time can really help you know how to proceed. And it can really ease your child's worry that there is a plan and and that they'll be communicated with in the way that you all have decided. And then for parents, make a plan for you. I think so often we forget to talk about plan your week, you know, plan self-care, plan downtime, plan friend time, plan couple time, or plan a project that you want to get done or just rest, but make a plan so that you feel like, okay, this time is not only a fulfilling time for my child, but it gives me rest, rejuvenation, connection, things that I need as a parent. And also plan your coping tools because you will, of course, miss your child terribly and you'll worry about them. And so who will you talk to? What will you do when you're missing them? Just as you help prepare them for 
what they can do when they're missing you. So looking at camp, how would they go about finding a camp in their area? I want to start with Camp Kesem as an option for any of you listening who are dealing with a parent who has cancer. So any cancer diagnosis, Camp Kesem is nationwide in, I believe, every state. It's run through college campuses. So you can go to kesem.org and find a location near you and reach out. They also have year-round events, so it's not just summer camp, but there's opportunities for families to meet camp counselors when it's not camp time. So that would be for families who have a parent with cancer. For other families, I really like, it used to be called Aunt Bertha's website, Aunt Bertha. It's now uh, Find Help, but you can put in either Aunt Bertha or go to findhelp.org and search by your zip code and put in children's camps and you can get really specific about certain types of camps and that's a wonderful way to connect with camps in your area and then i also really recommend checking with your school counselor if your child's in school checking with your pediatrician checking with neighborhood groups to find out kind of what those that you trust (laughs) recommend as great children's camps And for some of the camps, and this is important to note too, if you really just don't feel like your family is at a point to be able to take that separation, there are family camps. Look for a camp that encompasses the entire family as a way for you guys to go somewhere and disconnect from the reality that you live with at home and practice your self-care and care of each other in a different environment with a medical team present. But that's fun and based in play and adventure. And that could be an option too. So you can even use that same search method, but just put in family camp as the search option. Absolutely. And then for kids who have disabilities themselves, there's a broad variety of different camps that they could go to. There's camps for kids with epilepsy, for kids with cancer themselves. If a child has ADHD or maybe they have Tourette's syndrome, they can also go to camp. There's Camp for All, which is located in Burton, Texas. And then there's also Morgan's Wonderland Camp, which is located in San Antonio. And that one's fairly new. But there's a huge list of varieties here in Texas, especially. And then there's some that are also out of state, but close by, that allow children from Texas to go to as well. So you could always Google it and see a big variety of them in your area. There are some camps for children and even families that can go together if they have lost a loved one in their family. Um, There's Bo's Place that's, I believe, in Houston. They used to have a camp where you could go as a family together. So if you have lost someone in your life, uh, you're able to go and have that experience and and meet other families who have also lost a loved one in their life as well and have a camp experience as a family. Do any of you want to touch on when a child may not be ready for camp or when camp may not be a good fit for their family? Yes, I can. I can start. So just thinking about when a child may not be ready for camp or when it might not be a good fit for your family. I think about children who are really struggling to separate or they're coping with their parents' illness is to be close to their parent and um, to have that day-to-day contact and communication. And so if your child, let's say they've 
tried to sleep over at a friend's house multiple times or maybe a family member's home and they're coming home each night. They're not making it through the night because they're worried or scared or wanting to be with you. That's a really good indication that, you know, trying to push too fast, too, too quickly to go to a multiple night overnight camp, it's not the time yet for that. Or it just might not be, you know, this summer. And maybe I've worked with children who have gone to camp before, but that particular summer they're saying, I don't want to go. I want to be home. And so if your child's had a prior camp experience and they're telling you they don't want to go, try exploring that more to kind of understand a little more what might be behind that. But, but trust them in, in them knowing themselves. And I always say, trust your instincts as a parent. Your child's friends, all of them may be signed up to go to a camp, but your instincts are telling you and your child is telling you, this isn't the right time for us. You know your children best. And so absolutely trust that. In terms of funding camps, I know that longevity of illness is very expensive. Do one of you want to touch on the funding for camp or how it's expensed specifically with those maybe in our area or availability of scholarships and things like that? I think it really depends on the type of camp that you're looking to. And Kim, you probably can definitely certainly add to this. But I know that a lot of the camps, for example, if your child has an illness or a disability, usually the majority of the time they will either be free because of donations that that nonprofit has found for the camp, or it'll be at a lower cost. There is no cost for Camp Kessing. And I would say that reach out to the camp. Oftentimes, they may not advertise that they can offer scholarships or, you know, discounts or funding. But, and I know that can feel awkward, but you could send an email, you know, you can reach out with a phone call, um, but let them know your circumstances or at least enough about your circumstances to explain the financial strain. And it is very often where there are scholarships available where they can help with the cost. And those are often not advertised. They're just there when a need is identified. So I would absolutely encourage that. Perfect. Okay. Do either of you want to touch on your favorite camp experience? <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would say my favorite camp experience. So the camp that I volunteered at, Camp Spike and Wave, was for children and young with epilepsy. And my favorite camp experience from that is one day we had a food fight. And it was a crazy but fun experience. We had all gone outside. And it was a planned event, but the kids did not know about it. So it was a surprise. And we had ketchup. We had mustard. We had mayonnaise. Um, like bread, and we just had a massive food fight in the field. And so it was yucky. It was messy. It took hours to clean up. But the joy that you see on those kids' faces and on the counselors' faces and the medical staff is one to remember forever. It's something that you definitely do not get to experience at home all the time. And so it's just by far my favorite memory. 
That is fantastic, Ashley. I, gosh, there's so many, but what comes to mind is a kind of general thing, and then I'll share a specific memory. So at Camp Esperanza, which was a camp for children with cancer, and this is a common thing throughout Camp John Mark and other camps, but there was something called hug raids. And so a hug raid was where one cabin would plan to surprise another cabin and basically, you know, show up and hug them. And the counselors would coordinate. So the counselors knew, you know, oh, when we get back from this activity, this cabin's going to be in our cabin and surprise us. But I was part of, as a child life specialist, I was part of the medical team. And so we, the nurses and doctor and child life specialists, we would do our own hug raids. And so we had coordinated with the little boy's cabin and their counselors. And we hid in their bathroom, in their like stalls. And the counselors were reading stories. We were probably in there 30 minutes, like <laughs> the nurses and the dog hiding in the shower and the stalls while the counselors did their nighttime routine with these little boys. And then right when they were about to settle, we run out and we're like, oh, great. And the kids were so surprised. You know, at first they were like, oh my gosh. But it was the funnest thing. And it just, the other thing it makes me think about with camp is that adults act in ways that they often don't act, you know, in day-to-day -day life. So children get to see adults just being silly and goofy and just, you know, connecting with adults in ways that they never get to. And this particular doctor, this oncologist, he was a wonderful target for the for the campers because he was he loved to play pranks and he was such a great sport when they would play pranks on him. So it was a big deal to like get Dr. Bob's clothes and like string them all across camp in the trees. He he would have to go and find like all of his clothes that had been put in the trees by the campers. And so it was just silly things like that that, you know, kids don't usually get to do that with adults and certainly not their doctor yeah. or, you know, another like medical person. So so, fun. so much fun. I guess my favorite camp experience is I have so many too, but my favorite one is whenever you see a child that's lived in this mindset of, I can't, I can't do this. I can't go on a kayak. I have a wheelchair. You know, I can't go on a zip line. I have a wheelchair. And then to see these kids be able to see that, no, I can, like, I can do all these things that all these other kids at my school back at home, or maybe in my community get to do, I get to do that here. And Illness is part of their story and it's talked about and, but it's not the focus. And I think for so many of these kids, it's their chance for that not to be the first thing that somebody sees. That is my favorite part about campus to see these kids that come in and they feel like they are identified by their illness or the disease in their family and then leave knowing that they are so much more than just that. And it's empowering for staff. It's empowering for the families. And I, I promise you, if you send your kid to camp, they will come home a different child with all these new tools and their tool, tool belts. And, and it's, it's empowering and fun to watch. Yeah. I remember preparing parents, and I still prepare parents um, to this day, that your child may be more independent, maybe more like they may have kind of this attitude a little bit when they come back, like, you know, oh, I got to do this at camp and I got to do that. And it's kind of like resettling and just, you know, kind of getting to know each other again in, in a in a fun way. But just be prepared that your child may be a little more spunky, a little more 
I don't, verbal, potentially, just all of those things because they gain this confidence and, and this sense of that I can, just exactly what you said, that ability. Absolutely. Another thing I just thought of too, if you have a teen that is looking for volunteer opportunities, having them research how to be a counselor. I know a lot of the camps here in Texas have teens as you know, young as 16 that can be a counselor with older teens, obviously to help support them. But even having your teen be a camp counselor, they can gain so much knowledge and experience and life skills. And especially if they're working with children and teens or younger teens themselves that have disabilities, they're able to learn and, and see how you can accommodate for disabilities. And one of the biggest things I always think of is there's so many teens and young adults that go into camp to be a counselor and they come out just like we were all saying a whole different person and you learn so much and you know for example camp spike and wave you learn seizure first aid and so that you use for the rest of your life if you're seeing someone on you know the street that has a seizure you know what to do or if you see someone in a wheelchair you you know know how we should accommodate for them and be kind no matter what the disability or illness is so i think it's fantastic too if you have a child that's looking for volunteer hours and you know or even interested in the medical field and they want to learn about different illnesses they can certainly go to camp be a counselor and kind of gain some knowledge from that too and maybe if you're in the medical field listening to this and you've never had a camp experience I encourage you to look into that. Check with your hospital and see what camps are connected through where you are. It is it is such an incredible place to be able to play and be still be a doctor or be a nurse or be a child life specialist, but in a way that's so different. It is so fun and it's so good for your soul. I feel like for so many of us that face burnout or the in and outs of every day on the job at the hospital seeing hard things to get to play with kids and get to be outside and recognize and remember what brought you into this field to begin with is so fun and camp can provide that sustenance that we all need. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? This would be a great chance to do that. So I want to be sure that all parents out there know that we have a helpline at Wonders and Worries that is the perfect place to call if you're just wanting to think through either how to prepare your child for camp, should my child go to camp, you know, just any of those parenting questions or concerns that you have, you can call 844-WE-WONDER, which is 844-939-6633 or email us at helpline at wondersandworries.org. And that is for any parent across the nation. We are here to guide you and help you come to the decision that's best for your child and family. If you're sending off a kid to camp, you will gain so much. Your child will gain so much knowledge. For those of you who are thinking about volunteering at camp, definitely go for it. It is a life-changing event. Oh, man, I would say go for it. It, Just like we were saying earlier, it can be a very hard decision, but it's definitely the most rewarding thing and the most enjoyable experience that you could ever have in your life. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. Please subscribe and continue to check back as our content is ever evolving. For questions or specific content-related requests, please send an email to podcast at wondersandworries.org. 